Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. I'm excited about getting the week started because tomorrow the pads come on for the Dallas Cowboys. And I couldn't be more excited about that. Obviously, I'm guessing that you are as well. But tonight, we we might, you know, start drawing some conclusions here and there. Nothing too big because as we said last week, it is way too early to take away anything from the reports that we're seeing on social media out of Oxnard. It's way too early to make anything out of what, you know, the videos are showing what the reporters, players, coaches are saying because the Pats have not even come on in the first place. However, it is pretty exciting to see all of the hype and the boss that has been generated by Cowboys wide receivers out there in Oxnard already. And I'm not talking just about Brandon Cooks, right? I'm not talking about Brandon Cooks doing his thing. And we will look at him briefly today. We have a clip of Brandon Cooks scoring a touchdown, torching cornerback Nishan Wright in this logo. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll also talk about Tolbert and what Brian Schottenheimer had to say about him and what people are saying about Kevontae Turpin because some people are hyping up Turpin out there in California. So, ladies and gentlemen, how about we get started? And before... Let me say hi to you all in the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat. Uh, shout out to Charlene Evans, Gregory, Parasitic Demon says, let cook, let cooks cook. Danny Savage, thank you for being here on the show. John Jones, Katharina, Obrat Facebook, Shock, Obrat Facebook. Had not seen you in a while, Shock. I'm happy that you are here. Mark Aaron as well. Hey, I love that everyone is excited about tonight's show. So how about we start with a little bit of a highlight to get us in the mood to talk about the Cowboys wide receivers. This is a tweet that was going viral, honestly, on Cowboys Twitter. And it's from Mr. John Mashoda over from The Athletic. And he caught this touchdown between Dak Prescott and Brandon Cooks. Now, this is seven on seven. There's no offensive linemen. Let's not get it out of proportion, obviously. But there are two things to watch here. And first, let's focus on Brandon Cooks really pulling off that double move with that footwork, generating separation like he can, not only with his speed, which is obviously his best known trait, but also with that very, very smooth footwork. How he can break inside and outside, just like 
it's the easiest thing in the world. And he's running a logo route, which means he's going to break as if it's his land, and then he's going to cut downfield for the touchdown. And then we'll get into what Cavante Turpin is doing, working from the slot. But let's just enjoy it. Volume alert, because it is a clip from practice, so it might be a little bit loud. So I'm saying volume alert. I'm giving you a handful of seconds to get ready. All right, here we go. Let's watch Brandon Cooks and let's get excited about the season just by this one clip. Let's do it. Man, that's smooth. Let's watch it again. One time is not enough and then we'll focus on what Cavante Turpin is doing. But first, let's just enjoy Brandon Cooks. Man, I'm... Do I need to tell you? Do I need to tell you that that is a dime from Dak Prescott as well? Right into the end zone, right in that bucket. Good thing for the Cowboys, man, right there. And it's obviously exciting because we were finally getting to see what Brandon Cooks brings to the table. And it is all about the Jimmy's and Joes, in my opinion, at this point. Like, I. I'm excited about Mike McCarthy changing things up on offense. I'm excited about a new style of offense coming to town, particularly in the passing game. And, you know, the pass protection changes that Mike McCarthy has talked about. Because McCarthy, by the way, over the weekend was talking about, and he did it on NFL Network, he talked about how people made too much out of his comments about wanting to run the football. He said, hey, that was more related to what we had done in the last couple of years, running the football a little bit better. And McCarthy admitted that people made too much out of it. It's not that Mike McCarthy wants to run the football over and over again. Is that he wants to do it a little bit better. And we know that the Cowboys, and McCarthy has said it himself in other press conference, uh, they want to focus on outside zone. But he did say that the biggest changes that we will see will be in the passing game. I'm guessing both in the passing concepts that the Cowboys will be using. And, you know, Cowboys Nation has liked to mess around and talk about the curl routes from Kellen Moore disappearing and being replaced by slant routes. And, you know, it's kind of a joke, but also not really. Like, we're going to see more on-the-move targets instead of stop routes, which at times were frustratingly too many on the Cowboys offense when Kellen Moore was called the plays but McCarthy talked about that and he also talked about how the other changes would come in pass protection and the schemes that the Cowboys use to block up Dak Prescott and block up that defensive front seven but at the end of the day the biggest change that we will really see in that passing game is having a wide receiver number two a number two wide receiver of the caliber of Brandon Cooks and we're finally getting to see that the hype seems to be completely real. Brian Schottenheimer, and we'll get into what he said about Cavante Turpin, but Schottenheimer himself, before saying that, was like Brandon Cooks has played a huge role in that, in, in helping Tolbert bounce back from what was a disappointing rookie season. So it's not just the highlight that I just showed you. Is It is uh, the what he brings to the table for a young group of wideouts including CeeDee Lamb himself, who is the number one guy on the offense. He established himself as a legit weapon last year as the number one guy, too, 
as I talked about last week, it's no longer about can CD be the number one guy on offense? Can he really become that type of player? And he did in 2022 with Amari Cooper gone. He really did. Now he gets so much help, though, in Brandon Cooks. Now, another thing that we need to talk about the wide receivers, and this is more a comment from Mike McCarthy than it is uh, an actual play that people are talking about. But it does sound like we're going to see a very different version of Michael Gallup. And let me actually, I think I'm going to skip that one because I'm going to talk about this first. Mike McCarthy recently said, we don't want to line up Michael Gallup in the X role all of the time, right? Meaning the isolated wide receiver. They don't want him to be just that, which is primarily what Gallup has been in his career. And there have been these numbers tossed out by websites like NextGen Stats and PFF that have looked at over the last few years, percentage-wise, how much of the time does a wide receiver line up as the isolated receiver to one side of the offense. And Gallup has always been among the leaders in that category. That's what he's done basically since he arrived at the league. If this coaching staff can really figure out how to change that and really deliver on that promise that they want to move the Cowboys players around, the wide receivers around, man, we're going to see a whole new side to this Cowboys offense. Because honestly, it feels like we've already heard this a thousand times. We've heard about, you know, CD being used inside and outside. Uh, Tolbert was supposed to be the same last year. That was what was going to be so special about him. And people talked about it a lot. I think they, they have mentioned similar things about Gallup before too. Is 2023 finally when we are really going to see this variety? Right And CD lining up in the inside where he has proven to be the most dangerous. But still, he did do it at a very high rate last year. Are we going to see Brandon Cooks work only on the outside? Or are we going to see some change-ups? Are we going to see some... Because it, it can get even more interesting with all of the switch routes that we are seeing in the NFL nowadays, right? Where not only do you move the pieces around, but their releases... And how they release and how they run their routes, whether it's a switch between the number one and the number two or the number two and the number three. And you just keep defenses guessing. But to do that, you really need that talent. And Brandon Cooks brings that to the table. And a healthier version of Michael Gallup could also bring that to the table. Because I'm not entirely sure. And I'm just looking at the chat here really quickly. Toxic says, Michael Gallup is one of the most overrated players on this team. Let's make that a question for the show because I want to dive into it. Do you agree or disagree that Michael Gallup is overrated? Because I would have to break it down into several points of view, right? Are we talking about how confident we are about him as a player when he's healthy? Or are we including the health factor in this conversation? Because looking back on it, and I know that hindsight is 2020, but Gallup was not really practicing at this point. Like that's why he returned until October of last year's regular season. 
I'm starting to think that what we did overrate was his health status. And I'm guilty of this. I blame myself too here on the show for believing that Michael Gallup would come back and he would be healthy. Because I fully believed that last year. And I was proven wrong by Michael Gallup season. He was not healthy, man. He really was not. So, honestly, I'm not sure that he's overrated. I think that Michael Gallup is a pretty good wide receiver, and he had already proven that he was. He has had some trouble staying healthy, yes, and obviously last season was pretty disappointing. But do I believe this year has been totally different for him in the offseason and in training camp now? I, I actually do think that is the case. Let's see what you guys have to say, though. Joey Bella says, disagree. He got hurt. Uh, Lance says, yes, he is overrated. Bruce got the toxic use, says, no, I disagree. LBE is second for overrated, says straight. <laughs> what, what I will say is this. I'm not going to make a pro or con comment for LBE, but I will say he's controversial enough for me to call him overrated. I, I think that there's a large portion of Cowboys Nation who doesn't like LBE, and that's why I wouldn't say overrated might not be the word that I would use for LVE, but I know what Trey means for sure. Um, I think that he's a good number three. This is Mike and Leah below average two. Danny Savage is overrated. James Ferguson says, since his injury, yes, but he still makes some amazing catches. Morris Jackson says, I disagree. Gallup is underrated. He makes spectacular clutch catches when healthy. And I just do think that he is good on the outside by himself. And obviously, I'm talking about keeping it more, more creative for him. And I'm talking about him being a disappointment last year. But on the outside, making those contested catches, I do like what he does. He had some rough, rough moments last year, like that Giants game where he kind of like at, at one point, there was this one play that has been controversial all of this time, and it's difficult to know who to blame, whether Dak Prescott or Gallup. And I do think that the both players share the blame. But you also see a Gallup that apparently, like for a rep, is not trying. And that was frustrating as heck. But I do think it's you got to factor in the injuries part of the equation. But anyways, let's look at the position beyond just the starters. Because, man, you guys know how I feel about the whole Cavante Turpin situation. Finally, he showed up to camp, by the way. And obviously, not in a bad way because he was, you know... Um, he was uh, around for the birth of his child, and it's a girl too. So good for Kevontae Turpin. That's why he was not around for the start of training camp. But he did show up for the weekend, and it seems like everyone is noticing Kevontae Turpin in these practices. You know, the reporters and content creators that are in there in Oxnard, California, are talking about how Kevontae Turpin is, uh, I think, one of the words that somebody from 105.3, the fans said, I want to say it was sack, but I'm not entirely sure. So, man, take this with a grain of salt. Sorry, but it's somebody from 105.3, the fan, who tweeted, Kevontae Turpin is dancing through the fenders. And I've seen two clips specifically 
both are against Kelvin Joseph that show that. And he is running like this whip or return arrow route, however you want to call it, where he breaks inside and then he just goes to the outside running like a kind of like a flat out route. But actually in that Brandon Cooks play, that is exactly what Cavante Turpin is doing. So let's watch it again, but don't focus on Brandon Cooks, who is the target of the play. Focus on Cavante Turpin, who is working from the inside against Kelvin Joseph. And he just kind of puts him on skates, to be honest. Now, disclaimer, it's a seven-on-seven drill. You know, there is no pressure. It is a double move. The plays where you're targeting double moves are kind of like, you know, difficult to judge in a seven-on-seven period when there is no pass rush. So anyways, I just want to show it to you. Look at Turpin working from the inside against Kelvin Joseph, who is wearing number one. And I, I, I'm even going to cut the play short. I don't, I, don't, I don't want us to get caught up in the Brandon Cooks touchdown again. He, that separation, that separation from Kevante Turpin. Let's look at it again. Kelvin Joseph bites hard and then Turpin is off. And there was another play where he's actually running the same route. And it's also a, a throw from Dak Prescott to Jalen Tolbert to the end zone. So I wonder if they're going to use a lot of like return routes for kind of like high-low type reads. That's going to be fun. But Kevante Turpin, man, that, that looks like he is delivering on his promise when he talked to the media. And you can see that interview on the Cowboys YouTube page. That he wants to force the Cowboys to play him on offense. And he probably wants to do that because he knows. He's well aware that his job, even after a Pro Bowl season, is not necessarily a guarantee at this point. Because you're getting the NFL changing its rules to make kickoff returns less valuable. So now you're kind of like in a situation in which I really need to prove myself returning punts. And, you know, they brought in Deuce Vaughn, who might get involved. There might be a little competition going on there. Maybe not to determine who is the best punt returner, because no one would beat Kevontae Turpin to that. I don't think so, at least. But more of a conversation where can we carry somebody else as our returner who can also contribute an offense? Like, say, Deuce Vaughn. Can Deuce Vaughn contribute an offense and return the punts? Because maybe that makes it a, a complicated conversation. But if Kevontae Turpin goes out there and he shows Mike McCarthy and company that, hey, I can do more than just go on motion, pre-snap to distract the defense. I can do more than run an end around. I can do more than run a go route. I can generate separation through footwork and I can generate separation by running routes. If he can go and do that, that would be huge, obviously for for Cavante uh, Turpin. And I'm just going to say, really intrigued to see the pads come on because I think that's part of what Cavante Turpin really needs to prove considering his size and everything. Just the durability. Can he fight through contact? What happens when he is shown press coverage and cornerbacks go after him? I think that's where things are really going to get interesting. But Cavante Turpin so far... 
Sounds like he's off to a good start. Let's see some of your comments, though, here in the chat before I move on to what was said about Jalen Tolbert here. Uh, do me a favor, by the way. There's a lot of people watching uh, on tonight's show here on YouTube and Facebook. Let me tell you, first and foremost, I appreciate you taking the time to tune into primetime. But also, do me a favor and smash the like button. We are closing in on 170 people, both on Facebook and YouTube combined. And I'm getting around 30 likes on my screen, so we can bump that number up. Do me a favor, takes a second, smash that thumbs up, and it helps me put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. If you are new here too, let me tell you, we are live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Primetime. And of course, you already know, Skywalker Steel every morning bringing you the best Cowboys content as well. And you can check out our website, 280csports.com slash Dallas for the best Cowboys articles out there. All right, let's see here. Jarrell Shaw says, imagine a play with Turpin, Cooks, and Deuce. Man, that, that could be something. Turpin is a 4-2 guy. Play up on him if you want. Miss that jam touchdown to Icebergs Liam. Let's see here. Uh, cruising on a Sunday afternoon to Tony Simmons. Let's see. I missed some comments that I wanted to get to. TC on drums says Gallup wasn't 100% and was asked to run into the thief of the 49ers defense and they ran routes better than us. One bad game or season is not a fair measure. Look at the whole body of work. Daryl says, we already know that Turpin can do more. And I'm, I got to tell you, man, I will. I, I want so bad to eat all of the crow regarding Kevontae Turpin. Because I've been, I've been a skeptic since day one. I don't know. Like, I have some concerns, basically, from a wide receiver point of view and a 53-man roster point of view. And I, that's not because I'm hating on Kevontae Turpin or anything like that. It's, it's just the size, the route running. I know that he has the speed, etc. I just think that we know very little about him as a wideout. I think that we pretty much know nothing about him as a wideout. So that's one of my biggest questions here entering camp, especially now that the Pats are coming on on Monday that I really want to see. Let's see here. Has anyone seen Ontario Drummond drop a ball yet? Says Monte Murdoch. What does he have to do to move up? He was a deep threat for Ole Miss. And man, Ontario Drummond. And then there's uh, Jalen Moreno Cropper, obviously, the UDFA. It sounds like that bottom of the depth chart is in for a good, uh, good, good fight. I don't know what Ontario could be missing to really move up on the rankings, but it's a loaded kind of group. Like, it's a loaded group up top where you've got a very well-established group of starters. And then wide receiver four, you know that it's Pehoko versus Tolbert more than likely, or those are the guys that we've heard about. And then Kavante Turpin, who also has a plus because of the special teams value. If he can prove that he can play on offense, that's a plus for him. I think that it's just... I don't think it's anything against Drummond. It's just the Cowboys have the guys, right? For Dallas to feel like they don't need to have uh, Drummond over them or over Dennis Houston or over JMC or all of these players that we have talked about this offseason. But anyways, 
I did want to get into what Brian Schottenheimer had to say about Jalen Tolbert. Because, man, that is one of the most intriguing storylines of the offseason. Can Jalen Tolbert bounce back? Can he be a different player in training camp and therefore in the regular season as well? According to Brian Schottenheimer, he can. And he's not going to tell you that it's because he put on more weight or he did this and that physically. No, it's all up here for Kevontae Turpin. And let me show you this quote that I absolutely loved from Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, he talked about it. Here you go. He told Cowboys reporters, ask Tolbert to see his notebook one day. It's one of the coolest things that I've ever seen, how he's prepared his mind. And then he added that, you know, as a very young player, it's dynamic and he's been through every install. It turns out, and I don't think that we'll ever get to see Tolbert's notebook. I don't think that any Cowboys insider will, maybe, because I would imagine like it's got install information in there, according to uh, Brian Schottenheimer. I don't think anyone is getting their hands on that notebook. But I will say that Brian Schottenheimer was so impressed with Turpin's notebook that he even complimented, he complimented his uh, penmanship. <laughs> and I'm obviously kind of saying that as a joke, but Schottenheimer is not the first one who has complimented Tolbert. McCarthy mentioned him earlier in the offseason as one of the two players to make that big jump. Micah Parsons was asked this weekend for players that he has seen take a a, a, a jump. He mentioned the Sean Wright. He mentioned J uh, Kelvin Joseph. Jalen Tolbert was also in that answer. It does sound like Tolbert is getting the job done. And what is the most promising to me about Tolbert is that he's a guy that has not missed time. Turpin was not hurt in his rookie season. Turpin has not been hurt this offseason. So it's like you are, you know, first and foremost, that he comes from South Alabama, which is a small college school, right? One of the few power five, a group of five, excuse me, draft picks that the Cowboys have done that high in recent memory. You know that he was a third rounder and maybe we got a little bit of our expectations blown out of proportion last year when we were talking about a third rounder as a surefire starter. And it's two full off seasons to work with for Jalen Tolbert. So I'm, I'm definitely more bullish than I was with Jalen Tolbert than I was maybe last year at the end of last year when we were just disappointed about the whole thing. It sounds like everyone agrees that Jalen Tolbert is doing what needs to be done. And if it really was an issue of understanding the position, understanding the offense and what it took to play on Sundays. I think that's a hurdle that Tolbert probably can overcome this very year. Let's see what you guys have to say. Uh, Lucky Gardenia's dashboard says, I think Turpin learns by seeing, hearing and doing in writing. I know I'm that way. And I think Tolbert's going to have a breakout season this year. And hey, like, 
if, if Tolbert, because I'm guessing like everyone takes notes about the insults and everything, but I'm guessing that Tolbert is really breaking it down to the, you know, nitty gritty of every single install. And it's, if, if that is what it takes for him, that's awesome. That's awesome that he's doing it. If it isn't enough for him to take like simple, relatively simple notes and sit on the insults and go through the reviews that Brian Schottenheimer called it, uh, called them uh, on the press conference. If he really needs to go into the details of it and break it down to the smallest possible like element of things, that works for him. That works for him. So I'm excited about seeing that. I'm excited about seeing that. Uh, Bruce got the toxic you says, Mo, can you explain the importance of padded practice? Oh, man. Like, I think at this point, and maybe not so much, like if you break it down, if you, if you go back to the offseason and phase three of the offseason where you've got mini camp and you've got all of that, Mike McCarthy himself talked about it recently, actually. He said, right now we're just, we were just teaching them what we were going to do. What happened at the star in June, in May, was all about, here's what we're going to do, and we're going to learn about it in the classroom with notebooks, with a whiteboard on the screen, and then we might go out to the playing field and go through the motions and get the walkthroughs and the installs, but on the field, here's where you're going to stand, here's what you're going to be looking at, blah, blah, blah. Come training camp in the competitive portion of it starts getting involved and honestly i think that's the big thing i think that's the big thing about padded practice and i know that we've already seen the competitive drills but it's just like a warm-up for when they do get the pads on and i think that's where we really start seeing the com the, the competition really start getting involved in their preparation so that's what's important about it. And hey, it's a physical sport. If you're not going 100% being physical, you're not preparing for the real thing. That starts happening when the pads come on. And then the regular season comes around and you're going at 110% speed on game days. You're not going to go 100% during practices during the season. Like, NFL players are not out there getting hit in practice during the season. They're, I, I think it's mostly like walkthroughs and taking care of themselves, obviously. There, there, there's a big argument, I think, uh, going on on YouTube. I'm just seeing people like, oh, man, fatality. <laughs> but yeah, that's what matters the most for sure. And by the way, Mark Aaron, you're 100% right. I was going to try to fit this into the show. Ended up not including it. But one of my questions was going to be, who's the player that excites you the most to see tomorrow when the pads come on? And heck, let's toss that question into the chat. Let's talk about it. Who's the one player that you want to watch tomorrow when the pads come on? Masi is going to show out on pads, is, is what Mark Aaron says. And that was the main reason why I wanted to talk about it, for sure. Masi Smith has to be the guy. Betsy says Masi. Stephen White says Hunter Liebke. That's a good one. Future Hall of Fame. Hey, that's a. 
Hunter Lipke, excuse me, is a pretty good wild card answer. I appreciate it. I like that. Uh, who else said here something about Masi? Caustic says, we're not excited about Masi, Pats. Says Caustic, why not? Pats matter to football and getting hit. Thank you, Mo. Yep. Deuce Vaughn. Oh, Deuce Vaughn is a good one from Gregory. And Deuce Vaughn also was mentioned by Toxic Tom here and Michael H. That's a good one. Fehoko for Tony Simmons. Slam Williams is Lance Bell. I might have missed the joke. I might have missed the joke. I'm sorry. Overshown. <laughs> I still I, I'm still missing it, Caustic. <laughs> I'm still missing it. But I, I'm kind of getting an idea. I just don't know. <laughs> See if Schoonmaker comes this week, says Betsy. Man, that sounds pretty weird that there is no timetable for Luke Schoonmaker to return. Uh, he did provide more information about it, and he said that it was a partial tear of the plantar fascia, I think it's pronounced, which is more serious than a full tear. Like, it's easier to rehab from, from the full tear, according to what the reporters were indicating. Yeah, man, Massey Smith... Massey Smith is, is the guy that I think is the correct answer to that question. But, you know, I'm also going to be rooting for my guy, Isaac Alarcón. <laughs> I had to mention it because Dan Quinn mentioned him in his press conference. And he said that he's worth it and that he could leave a mark on the team. But he did say that the instincts are taking are going to take some time. So, for sure. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, though, reports about Ezekiel Elliott came up this weekend. He is visiting, and he visited the New England Patriots on Saturday, and he was still there today. There are some rumors out there like uh, and reports. Uh, Christopher Price from the Boston Globe reported that it went well. I don't know exactly what it went very well was the phrasing, actually. I don't know exactly what that means because they said the same when DeAndre Hopkins visited the Patriots and then they never signed him to a deal. But it does seem like a reunion between the Cowboys and Sick is each time it seems like it's more likely not to happen. There appears to be some interest from the Patriots. There appears to be some interest, I think, from the... They, they, they mentioned another AFC East team, but I don't want to say the Jets because I know that the Jets are heavily flirting with, with Dalvin Cook, and it does seem like Dalvin Cook is very interested in signing with the... With the Jets, but we'll see. It obviously will take some time. I just did want to mention the reports of Ezekiel Elliott having mutual interest with the New England Patriots. Who knows what a deal on that team would look like? But I think that Zeke would actually be a pretty good fit for New England. You know, they got they've got uh Rachmandri Stevenson. They really are lacking a number two running back. So I'm guessing that while he will not be overpaid or anything like that, I'm also guessing that it will not be a minimum type contract for Seek or anything close to that. It might be a little bit higher in value. And I think they do need a, you know, banger running back who can run between the tackles. And we know that Seek can do that. 12 touchdowns last year, 10 touchdowns before that. I Hey, toxic. 
Toxic says, Mo, this is like bringing up Johnny and Hurt. It's over. Move on. Toxic, just last week, to be fair, you would have said that Zeke would, uh, a secret union can't, couldn't be ruled out because of the Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones whole thing. You would have said that and you know it to be true. <laughs> so I thought it was still relevant. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. As always, as always, remember to hit the like button for me. But also remember that we are live every Sunday through Thursday night. If you enjoy the show, you know, I'll see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. Tomorrow night, by the way, we might have a little bit of an early start. Maybe like 7.50 p.m. Central Time. More or less, I'm not entirely sure about it yet, but I did want to give you a heads up if you made it tonight. Thank you so much. Way to start the week, says Gregory. I appreciate you, sir. Hit the like button for me. Y nos vemos el día de mañana. Bye-bye.